With over a year since our last full round of NPL fixtures, we're proud to say it's back, baby. It's been a long time between drinks, so sit back and enjoy this very, very long season preview episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. I didn't think we would get here, but we're back. The semi-pro potty is back for season 2021 of the NPL Victoria Men's Competition. This is the semi-pro potty. We are your easy-to-digest NPL podcast. And by easy-to-digest, I mean we don't take ourselves too seriously, so neither should you. Um, We really started this so that we could make football accessible to everyone. If you've never been to a game... Uh, if you've had a fleeting interest in football, this is the kind of inroad that you need to start going to the NPL Victoria, which is what we consider to be the best league in the world and in Australia. Am I right, Branson? Absolutely, William. We absolutely love the NPL. Uh, we love everything about it. We love the food. We love the community. We love the on-the-pitch action. We love the drama, the entertainment, the uh, the general shithousery. We, we love it all. So at the start of every episode, we actually do a kit bag segment. And for those who maybe haven't listened before, I've harked back to the very beginning because I feel like we're at the start again. So Branson, I'm going to sort of like leave it a little bit secret for now, but let me know what you've got on for kit bag this week and then a little bit of an anecdote behind that kit, if you will. Well, for this week for kit bag, kit bag is, of course, my my favorite segment. It's the segment that enables and justifies, you know, me going online every week, uh, scaring the web for kits and then spending probably, I would say, more money than I should on them. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, this kit that I'm wearing for our first episode is one of my favourites from this season. It is the Inter third kit. It's the black and grey, uh, or I actually think it's a away kit, the black and grey kit. It's got Pirelli on the front. I'm wearing this one today. I thought it was appropriate. The Milan Derby was on. Inter got up 3-0 over AC Milan. And I was like, you know what? I've got an Inter kit. Not only do I love it, but I thought it was very timely. So that is what I am wearing for our first kit bag of the new NPL Victoria season, William. It's a very exciting kit to wear. Love it. Classic, but great. Um, Big fan. Um. See, I've gone way more sentimental for my brands, and I honestly didn't think we'd ever be back in this situation. So I've gone for <laughs> a jersey that I bought in Russia on the trip that we met for the 2018 World Cup. I'm wearing my Zenit St. Petersburg. I think it's their away, or is it their home? I really should know that. It's their away, isn't it? <laughs> I believe it is their away, yes. Yeah, yeah, cool, great. I'm glad, I'm glad one of us knows. Um, <laughs> They're away jersey because I think the first podcast we ever did, our kit bag segment, was me wearing my Zenith St. Petersburg, you wearing your Ruben Kazan, and little did we know that in the time it would take for us to record two seasons of the podcast, there'd be a pandemic. There would be a whole lot of episodes that we did and a whole lot of episodes that we missed out on. So I guess with that, let's do a little bit of a recap of how all of this happened and how we got here. And, Branson, I want to throw one question to you very early on, which is when we recorded our last episode of 
the now cancelled season. Did you ever think it would get this bad? How long did you think we'd be without football for? And did you ever foresee us having completely cancelled as a as a season? To be honest, I, I, I didn't. So, uh, well, last year we got through, what was it, the first five rounds of the NPL Victoria men's competition. And, you know, during that there was always sort of, you know, rumours or discussion that the season would be postponed or or that it would be cancelled altogether. And I was on the on the side of I didn't think it would. I thought, generally speaking, you know, with COVID, everything was seen to sort of be under control, not under control, but... It didn't seem to be out of hand, if that makes sense. So I didn't, I didn't think it would be cancelled. I thought that they might pause it, but I had, yeah, I, there was no way that I thought it would be a full year before we came back to uh, to the MPL Victoria. I thought, you know, maybe maybe six weeks at most. Uh, of course, that was uh, turns out to be a, a, a terrible take. But uh, I, yeah, no way, no way. I did. I think it was going to get this bad. What about you? No, and it's just a weird thing that I thought of. Obviously, while it was all happening, it kind of all made sense as it unfolded. But then when we started to record this, I was like, you know what? I genuinely didn't think we would go more than a couple of months without live football, um, like at most. So the fact that we're here is absolutely wild, and a lot's happened in that time. I think there's been some real positives, and one of the ones that I wanted to raise was one thing that actually really did get me through this great hiatus of live football was – the Women's World Cup and that announcement, I think, came at the absolute right time for football in Australia because there was even a point where I was like, look, is football actually going to exist in Australia? <laughs> Talk of Foxtel pulling out of deals, of the A-League not going ahead, not having a broadcast deal, um, how are clubs like NPL clubs going to survive in the sort of new post-COVID climate when things are probably already tight before? Um so, yeah, I just think that that Women's World Cup announcement got me genuinely excited um, to the point where it's a thing to really look forward to. And I think there's going to be a knock-on effect for, for both aspects of the game of infrastructure, but also just generating some excitement around the game in Australia, which I think it desperately needs at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I remember... Uh watching the announcement live on, you know, or what was it? Sorry, it was like a live Zoom meeting or whatever. I remember chiming in and watching that. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic that Australia and New Zealand are going are gonna to host the tournament. I think it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive for women's football here, which is going to be fantastic. Hopefully it filters all the way down to grassroots, drives well, uh, and that the yeah. interest up. And then not just in, you know, the Matildas, but then the W League, uh, the NPL, the WNPL as well, and uh, community clubs. Yeah, well, the WNPL doesn't kick off for like another two months, I think. I think it's early April we get that um, that kicking off. And there is one piece of exciting news that I think sort of come out of it as well, which is Western United have obviously joined the A-League and they're partnering with a WNPL club, aren't they, Bran? They are indeed. Uh, they announced... Uh I think it was late last year that they've formed a partnership with MPLW Powerhouse Calder United, which I think is is fantastic. Uh, they're going to sort of partner up, and the idea is that it helps to create a pathway for for juniors and 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 women's players as well to to link up to the W League. So you know you've there they've got that junior program within Calder United growing into their senior program with the MPLW, and then hopefully that leading to a to a pathway with the W League uh, Western United side, which is hopefully not too far away from becoming 
a thing. And I think that's fantastic. I think that's great to see. Uh, Cold United have been the dominant team in the MPLW in Victoria. So it's good to see that uh, that success sort of recognised. And uh, they're really unique as well as the fact that they're a predominant, I think they're a standalone women's football club. It's not like Bulleen or Heidelberg or South. Um, yeah who obviously have men's teams as well. Their, their women's team is by far the biggest part of that club. So it's fantastic to see to see them recognised and for Western United to pick them. I think that's a, a superb choice and I'm looking forward to see how that partnership plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also like a one other thing I think happened over the COVID era of football that really excited me was I think James Johnson at FFA said, said the right things and now looks like he's actually doing the right things. And obviously with his team over there, Broken away the A-League from the FFA. And one of the things that really excites me from NPL and a grassroots football level is the potential transfer system for players. So if you look at that pathway of if you're playing semi-professional football in Victoria for Calder United and you get picked up by Western United and then you get signed by some, from somewhere in Europe through Western United there's got to be payments that filter back down to the grassroots. And I think it really incentivizes clubs to invest in that sort of talent at sort of like a grassroots level because, I don't know, you would have seen this from Avondale. Um, they've obviously churned out quite a lot of talent that's gone up to the A-League, but you kind of don't really get the the real benefit of it. It's more like you generate this talent and then they go on and then you just don't get anything from it. Um, yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Well, sorry to, to, to jump in, but it almost feels like uh, – in a way that teams are being punished for producing quality players, you know, so yeah. they jo- they go off and they join the A League, which is uh, you know the natural progression. That's what we want to see. We want to see players uh, grow and then play at the highest level. But for NPL clubs, it sort of allows them to uh, you know have some sort of return that then they can then reinvest, whether that's in players or coaching or facilities and and, and stuff like that. It's not just uh, you know, it's good. It's not just Things are. Oh, can't think of the analogy. It's not just stuff going to the. Well, this will be good. It's it's, it's it's coming back down as well. Like there, it's yeah. I don't know. It's what do they use? That- There's so many buzzwords in Australian football they use. So we've definitely used pathways before to describe the pathway up. Is it parachute? Is that the term they use for players oh, that come that, down through the leagues? I think it's the parachute payment when you get relegated from, from no, the Premier yeah, okay. League. Um, I mean, something you would absolutely know no, about. I knew, oh, was, so I knew as soon as I said that that you would say that. <laughs> oh, I walked straight into that one. Well done. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Branson is a massive Fulham fan and, yeah, they get relegated often. Often is harsh, but this is not a Fulham podcast, so we will try. I will try my best not to linger on on that one. But yeah, I, I think what I mean, it's like you know the the A League. It's like the rich taking from the poor. So at least <laughs> with the transfer system, it'll be the rich uh, giving back to the those that are less fortunate. If that makes sense in terms of clubs, but yes. It- it does, and it's kind of also love me to have like remember when we had Star Wars round for the A League. It's like Australian football had like a Robin Hood themed round. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that'd be good. Will, I've got a question for you though. Uh, one of the things, yes, here we go. One of the things that we've seen uh, in the A League that I just well, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of our recap. Uh, there's a new team in the league in Macarthur FC. What have you made of them so far, mate? Uh, me personally, I quite like the the kits, the white kits. Being a Fulham fan, of course. Uh, what have you made of their early start? They've got the cowbells, they've got the bullpen, then they had the new bullpen. What have you made of them so far, mate? 
I think they've done a lot right. Definitely not flawless, but you've got to give a little bit of leniency to the climate that we're in. Like if you wanted, if I wanted to write down on a piece of paper, the top five jobs that I wouldn't want to have in a pandemic, I think starting a football club would be one of them. Um, yeah. Easily, easily top three. Um, so I think given the circumstances, they've done quite well. I think they've just, the problems are not them. It's, the state of football in Australia and the broadcast deal and all that nonsense, it's the league maybe not having a diverse player set because of just pretty much players being traded between clubs. And But I think off the park, they, they seem to have engaged really well with that community. Um, and I think it's a, it sort of reminds me a bit of um, uh, like sort of when Western Sydney came through. Now, it's not comparable because that was a – definite once-in-a-lifetime kind of franchise launch. But it, it gives me more feeling of that than, say, Western United coming in mm. or, like, anyone else. Like, it does actually feel like they've really kind of thought it through. Um, yeah. And there seems to be a community that is passionate. I'm all about football and community, so anything that looks passionate, I'm, I'm okay with. What about you? Because I haven't really – I've seen them on the park, but I haven't – I haven't been defining them based off of their on-the-park kind of performance because every club at the moment seems a bit up and down. Yeah, well, I sort of – well, I agree with you. I'd sort of echo a couple of things you said where I think that overall they've been good without being without being flawless. We saw some stuff with, like, you know, membership prices through the roof, uh, which we hate to see. We don't want to see, you know, fans of any, of any kind, like, outpriced, in particularly for active support, which is – what makes football great. So I think that was a, a big whiff on, on their end. Um, and then the the stuff as well with the bullpen, shifting it and sort of alienating their active support before they'd even played a game. But uh, I, I, I totally agree with what you said as well, where that they seem to have found a, a community to, to latch onto and who will support them. Uh, I love the cowbells as well. I'm going to be honest. I think it's I think it's great. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with them. I think they're terrible in terms of like a footballing thing, but I think that's why I like them. It's very unique. It, that's uh, the thing. So, it's, it's unique if nothing else, and it's better than being stale and boring. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, if, if you're MacArthur, you love them, and every other team hates it, which kind of makes you love it more. Yeah, um, totally. Kind and I think of on like- the park, yeah, yep. Yeah. I was about to say, kind of like Kevin Musket, but yeah, 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 yeah. Not- no, that's yeah, or or Sydney FC, like the club as a whole. You know, if you aren't Sydney FC, uh, everyone dislikes him. You know, but if you're Sydney FC, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I've been reasonably happy with uh, with Macarthur. Pleasantly Good. surprised at how well they're doing. But William, we are not here to talk about Macarthur. We're here to talk about the MPL Victoria. Am I right? Oh, yummy. Yes, we are. Yep, yep, yep. Get it up. Let's do. Let's go. I'm keen. Um, oh, okay. How do we kick this one off? Well, it's back. It's back. We're looking forward to it. It kicks off this weekend, round one, first games on Friday night. Very, very much looking forward to it. Uh, I'm excited. You're excited. But I think what we should do here is, is, is talk about why we're excited and what we are excited about because it has been coming up on a year since we've been able to go to a game. So what are you most excited about with uh, the NPL returning? And I think I was thinking about it today and it's just one of those ones where like, again, if I think of when we first started this, I'd never been to an NPL game. And I think of like, if you've not been to a game or if 
you've got mates that you want to bring to a game who've not been. Honest to God, I think it's just about having football in your backyard. Um, there's something that feels really special about you just being able to drive up the road to a community ground and watch a game of football. I think it's just one of the best things you can do with your time. Um, what about you, Brand? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow a similar path to that. I love uh, going to you know community fields and getting those really strong community club vibes. Uh, we quite like the A League, but you know Amy Park. It's not sterile, but you know the uh, Melbourne Victory play there, Melbourne City play there, Melbourne Storm, the Melbourne Rebels. Like it's not one team's own field, but when you go to the NPL, every club has their own stadium and facility, and every single one of them is unique because they each club has their own history, their own cultural ties. You really get a great feeling at, at all those different fields and, you know, some yeah. of them have different grandstands and all that kind of thing and it just creates a really unique atmosphere. It gives me really wholesome family vibes as well. So I really, really uh, am looking forward to that and just uh, engaging with the fans because uh, if- NPL fans are very passionate uh, and it's it's great. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and it definitely, like, it feels a bit more special when you go to a ground and you're right, you see the old posters on the wall of, like, the 84 team or something, and you're like, I would know none of these people. And, you know, there might be the odd famous name in there, but outside of that, it's just it's it's a great bit of fun. Another thing that I've noticed as well in watching now only really professional football being broadcast is I'm so sick of VAR. And the NPL no. Victoria does not have VAR. So, like, when a goal is scored, a goal is scored. When someone's offside, they're offside. Like, when someone gets a red card, you're not umming and ahhing for three minutes afterwards wondering if they're going to be sent off. It's just, like, it, it plays into it in two ways where because there's no VAR, you still get howler decisions, which I love. And because there's no VAR, it just happens live. It's got a really nice mm. tempo to it. And I think... I think that's the bit that I'm kind of most hanging out for is literally like it's the holy trinity of like going to a community ground to see a live game of football that won't be interrupted by VAR. Like that is my like Maslow's hierarchy of needs as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, I was a big fan of VAR. Oh, not necessarily, sorry, a big fan. I was a big uh, advocate for thinking that VAR would work. And we have seen that it just doesn't for whatever reason it still just gets stuff wrong it's created more problems than it's solved it's just a, a farce at, it's put at, it's, at it's bad really plain and simple it's putting a hat on a hat like you know you don't fix refereeing problems by adding more refereeing problems you know oh okay yeah cool cool that makes sense i've, I've never heard putting a hat on a hat i was like i know i used i used it the other day at a meeting i really like it i think it's oh, a really good thing right. to describe whatever you want oh yeah great cool yeah cool uh no but i agree with the sentiment yes exactly uh I'm I'm looking forward to that as well, you know, and, okay. and as you said with howlers, you know, you can't even really tell if it's a howler at the time, so because there's no, no replay. And, and yet, more often not, like half the time, not looking. Like you may be focusing on <laughs> the tea or the food that you've bought, or talking to your mate, or checking Twitter or something, and then something happens. You know, like, okay, I really need to pay attention here because I can't get a replay. Yeah. Um, but one last one from me is that I miss the NPL because I get to hang out with you. Oh. 
And Mate. I just don't see you enough without football. And I'm not saying it's an indictment on our friendship. They're only friends with each other because of football, but it is a big <laughs> part of our friendship. And you take that away, you take a bit of our friendship away. Well, it's a very, uh, very convenient excuse to hang out multiple times a week, isn't it? You know, it's just uh, something that we that we get done. I've got a couple of other things that I'm looking forward to. One of them is, of course, an activity that we enjoy together, and that is road tripping to games, you know, driving to it wherever it may be whether it's Dandenong, Hume, Bentley, um, uh, out to Knight Stadium, into Port Melbourne, doesn't matter where it is, but, you know, driving to the games, carpooling, pulling up, you know, uh, at the fields, always love that feeling. But the number one overall thing that I am most excited about is this is by far a fantastic league and you said it at the start we think it's the best league in australia if not the bloody world it's going to be super exciting this season it's going to be red hot there's a whole bunch of teams up the top there that are going to be battling it out for the table uh, sorry for the title there's going to be a bunch of table oh my goodness i'm mate this is I'm, great I, I, mate, i'm battling so out the tables <laughs> i'm so excited i'm getting muddled up that's just how passionate i am mate um yeah, no, it's going to be red hot for the title. It's going to be a fierce battle to even make the finals. Uh, there's a bunch of teams down there towards that we think will be towards the bottom as well that'll be trying to avoid relegation. There's going to be moments of uh, individual brilliance. There's going to be spectacular, spectacular games, spectacular goals. Uh, maybe one or two all in uh, all in tussles as well, which we don't mind seeing. Uh, mate, it's just going to be a fantastic season in a fantastic league and I cannot wait. Yeah, and I mean, look, we can we can kind of go through I think each of we were we we're thinking about how we can do this. And we can go through like the the teams with really in, sort of insightful analysis into the ins and outs and you know, where they're going to be and the, the sort of key players that are crucial for them, the formations they play in and to be brutally honest, Brant and I just don't know that. So <laughs> we also don't need to know that because this is accessible footballing content um so we are just going to go through and this is the kind of way that we would talk about games when we first started going to them is that we're going to go through each of the teams that are competing this year we're just going to tell you guys a bit about them where we think they're going to end up because there does seem to be a bit of a pattern in this league and a couple of the names to remember and some of the key things about that club so that you get excited about these fixtures obviously what we'll do at the end is we'll tell you the upcoming fixtures in round one but Definitely think about these clubs as things like, oh, yeah, I want to go see them or they sound great. And also, if you know about the MPL Victoria, then at mention us on Twitter for all of the things we get wrong. Oh, yeah, and there will so that, be things. I think, yeah. I, think, I think the best way to describe what we're, what we're about to do, it's going to be a lighthearted, uh, easy season preview. We're not going to get too bogged down in uh, the, the finer details. We're going to go through every club. We're going to talk about uh, some names to remember, some big off-season moves because there have been quite a few huge ones, and we're going to go through it. And my favourite thing as well is, you know, this is the semi-pro body. We are semi-professional by nature. Uh, so there's 14 teams, so we've got a list here on our run sheet of how we're going to go through them. Some some people uh, would, would do the order by, uh, you know, in alphabetical order. Uh, some might go in, like, the ladder position from last year, but the order that we here at the semi pro potty have gone for is the or I, is is this just the order in which you randomly thought of the teams? Yeah, so this is the <laughs> order in which I randomly thought of teams, and I got to ten, and I was like, oh. I thought they had more teams. So the reason why there's numbers in front of them is so that I could count the numbers of teams <laughs> that existed. 
<laughs> Great. Um, so, no, so no one will know who's coming next because it's literally uh, your train of thought that led us through it. I would also argue that this is a bolter for maybe even the finishing position of teams. Now that I look at it. Oof, let's have a look. Ooh, I'll tell you what. Well, it's we'll not, get it. Well, there's yeah, a couple, anyway, the couple, couple in there. Yeah, let's, a couple, actually. Let's <laughs> listen to this that, that might sound like the league table at the end of the season or also grossly off. So let's kick it off. I am going to kick it off, Bran, with Oakley Cannons. Now, you've obviously got your notes there. Give yep. me a little bit of summary on Oakley. Well, Oakley, uh, my tip is that they are going to be top dogs this season. I think they are going to be very, very good. We saw towards the end of 20, uh, sorry, in the 2019 season, uh, we saw that they sort of started off a little bit slow, but then they were absolutely the informed team for the second half of the year. They raged through the league. They beat pretty much, oh, I'm not going to say pretty much everyone, but they, I think they beat Avondale, they beat Heidelberg. They were just storming the competition, uh, climbed through climbed the table like it was no one else's business. Uh, they lost to Avondale in the finals, but then we saw again in the first five games last year, they beat Avondale in round one. They were very, very good. They look sharp. I'm in- expecting them to be right at the top of the league this season as well. I think they'll be at the business. And uh, when you look at their squad, uh, some of the names to remember, some of the names that jump out, players like Wade Decker, Tyson Holmes, Matt Thurtell, uh, Joe Guest, who I believe was the player of the season, or that might be Joe Knowles. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm, I'm now confused. There's two, Joe. Well, they're both there. One of them was player of the season. Uh, you've got other guys like Oscar Dillon and Jacob Eliopoulos as well. Uh, Chris Taylor, their manager as well, is fantastic. I think they are going to be exceptionally strong, mate. Um, I'd wholeheartedly agree with that. Oakley, you've also missed one of the biggest key points is the Subas down at Oakley Cannons are oh, impeccable. Yeah. They've yep. got good footballing infrastructure and it's a nice little trip down there. Do love a trip to Oakley for some football. Um, so they're obviously traditionally your Greek club mm-hmm. and they just have got everything I feel right on and off the park to set them up for some really good NPL success this season. It's one of the best trips to go down to. Um, I remember we went to the Hume City Oakley elimination final. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, that was great. Ripper night out. So Oakley Cannons, number one on the list, could be number one at the end of the season. But there's a definite number two that could also be number two at the end of the season. Brampton, it's your boys, Avondale. Yep, yep. Yes. Tell um, me about Avondale. How are Avondale looking this season? Because from what I understand, they've managed to hold on to most of their key players bar two. Yes, correct. So uh, much like Oakley, uh, so their big thing as well is that that they are returning most of their squad from 2019 and 2020. They've got a couple of additions in there, but they will be mostly the same. That's the same for Avondale as, as well. The two uh, losses that you mentioned there, they are quite big. Uh, the first one is Tasuku Sakaya. He has not returned to Avondale. Uh, amid the lockdown, he went up to uh, Olympic FC in the NPL Queensland. Uh, but I believe he's actually going back to Japan. I think his visa's expiring and um, uh, he wasn't able to renew it or, or, or something along there. And so he's not there. Uh, and also goalkeeper Chris Oldfield has left the club as well. Uh, all the rest of Avondale's squad is the same. They have been able to replace those two players, though. They've got uh, Bon Scott, who is not just the, the front man for ACD. 
ACDC. I was about also, to say, Bon Scott, like literally yeah. named, like spelt the same way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. This is a great is. NPL player name. It As is if they don't have like entrance music for him. Well, what, what do you think it'd be? ACDC. Yeah, well, exactly. Couldn't be anything <laughs> else, could it? Well, he's so he's going to be Avondale's new goalkeeper. He was the 2019 NPL Queensland Goalkeeper of the Year. He was also an injury replacement at Brisbane Raw uh, this month, a uh, couple of weeks ago. Uh, the other player that Avondale have got is Christian Trajeski, uh, who has spent some time in the lower leagues in Portugal and has also represented North Macedonia in the under-21s as well. Rest of the squad is the same, so I'm thinking Avondale are going to be quite strong as well. Uh, they've been pushing really hard for silverware the past couple of years. Ah. We saw 2019, they came close, and then they they choked uh, to finish on top, and then they lost the grand final on penalties. So uh, they've yeah. been getting better and better every year. I think every year they've improved their ladder position. Uh, last year they finished uh, second. Sorry, 2019 they finished second. So if they're going to keep that trend up, they're going to have to finish on top. They've got a strong squad, but uh, so do a bunch of other teams. We'll have to see how it goes. And I think this is the interesting thing with Avondale is that they have built success over a long period of time gradually. Like it has been, what, six or seven years of them slowly building this platform and it just feels like I know that we were saying it just before about Oakley and not every team in this league can be getting better over time and gradually improving. But you know, those, those really like key areas for success and I think one thing I've noted with them is that they are hungry for silver. Um, sort of one silver around them. And I think they're probably if it would push Came to shove. No longer playing. Uh, they still have some big names who were a key part of their their championships and title winning seasons. Uh, they've. Added a couple of players, Estio, who was also, I believe he was on the final of uh, Nike's The Chance, and he lost out.
I don't Tom think your Roach. research is in question here. I think my access to other footballing content outside of the NPL is is in question. Yeah, so uh, what he, he was selected to join the Nike Football Academy. He won the chance, a competition which he – yeah, I don't know. I think it's like a, like the academy thing. Anyway, he won are that. We, are we uh, talking oh, sorry, like he, a decade ago or are we talking like five years ago or like uh, twenty eleven? Yeah, so a decade. A decade. Oh, okay. So, God, that makes so, so much anyway, sense. anyway, let's let's come back to it. Alex Castillo, who is Heidelberg's uh, – one of their new signings, he was a part of that as well. So, I mean, must be good, right? Um, Love that for but him. yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. George Katsakis is, of course, the Heidelberg manager. He's very, very good. So a lot of faith in him. Heidelberg have always sort of been perennial uh, contenders. You know, they've been up the yeah. top for for a bunch of seasons. So they've got some big losses. Harry Noon really, really, really is a huge loss for them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they recover. But I still think that they will be. Contenders, however, we might see a little bit of a changing of the guard at the top is my prediction. We might see him sort of maybe drop down to, you know, just a final spot rather than a top two or potentially top three team. We'll see. Uh, One thing I'm sort of looking at with this as well is all three teams we have mentioned now have got genuinely outstanding managers. Um, And I think this is why they sort of do find themselves at the pointy end of the season more often than not. I would say that with Heidelberg, whilst they've got, some, you know, some striker-filling boots to do up front, I think they always manage to ruffle feathers up the top, even if they're not going to challenge for, you know, maybe first or second. They will still beat teams that are up there and kind of upset their their kind of title runs. So they're always very entertaining to watch because they do just have this never-say-die attitude, and I do really like the idea of just actually now being able to go back to their newly renovated ground. They have renovated their Ooh, ground. Can't wait we'll to get, get to we'll get to it in two areas of things we like and that's so semi-professional. <laughs> um, but I think Heidelberg are definitely one of the teams that you would look to buy some tickets for the season and go out and see. But they're one of the big Greek clubs of the NPL. They are. They are indeed. There is another one that we're going to talk about next. Who's that, William? Probably the biggest in South Melbourne. Now, South <laughs> Melbourne for mine are the perennial, they promise a lot and under-deliver. Branson, are they going to meet their potential this year? And are they going to finish anywhere outside of mid-table? Please answer this one for me. I think they will, to be honest. I actually have some high hopes for South Melbourne. Uh, I think they they won the league, I think the last time was uh, 2016. Uh, Chris Taylor, who's the boss at Oakley, he left South Melbourne. And once he left, you know, not to say the wheels came off, but they sort of uh, became a bit stagnant. They, They weren't as good as they used to be. And so, you know, we've seen them will the past couple of years, despite being arguably the biggest club in Australia, you know, uh, including the A-League teams. Uh, they've sort of languished in that mid-table uh, positions and they've struggled to sort of make the finals. So I think this year they are going to be very good. Their manager, Esteban Quintes, uh, something interesting about him that I, I learned during the off-season, uh, apparently he has a UEFA Pro licence, which is, I 
one of the highest coaching licenses you can get. So, I mean, I don't know if that'll make a difference, but that's still pretty cool. It's pretty cool flex. Uh, as far as players to watch, Jerry Salados, we both love him. He came from Northcote City. They had Harrison Sawyer last year as well. Uh, Brad Norton, Marcus Schroen as well are going to be good. A big addition or a couple of uh, three, I was going to say, a big, a couple, a trio of big additions. Uh, Henry Hoare, uh, he's a striker who's coming down from Queensland. Freddie Say from the NPL New South Wales and Marco Yankovic who's coming up from Bentley. I think South Melbourne with those players, I think they're going to be really, really good. I've got high hopes. Uh, Henry Hoare and Harrison Sawyer could be a dynamic duo up front, mate. I'm tipping South Melbourne to uh, be pretty good. Because that was probably most of some of their problem, wasn't it? It was just not creating okay. chances, but putting it in the putting back the of the net. The back so, of the net. Yeah. <laughs> so if they've kind of solved that problem, then well done them. Love it for them. Um, a trip to South Melbourne's great, but a trip to Melbourne Knights is, Ooh. I'm going to say, probably better. Oh, controversial. Okay. Oh, um, no, no, no. I totally agree. Sorry, Matt. I thought you were still going, you know. This being, you know, 2021, unfortunately for our first episode, we're recording separately, so it's hard to, hard to, you know, pick hard up to your read vibes, the room. Mates. I yes. beg your pardon. I thought you were going to keep going. I totally agree with the Knights Stadium. Uh, Mark Viduka stand, uh, the Croatian vibes, the Croatian food. Uh, it's just a fantastic place to go watch a game of football. Cannot wait to get back out there. Uh, for the Melbourne Knights this year, Steve Bevich is going to be the new coach, the old coach who, of course, as as soon as we talk about, I forget his name. Um, it might come back to me later. Uh, step down amicably over the off season. Uh, one name who I've seen that they've picked up, they haven't. They don't seem to have any like huge major signings. I could be wrong there. Uh, but Trevor Samalka, who I believe was with uh, West Ham's youth academy, he's come to the Melbourne Knights. They've also got uh, Matthew Brees and Ivan Gergich are, are coming back as well. They've sort of been stalwarts of the Knights lately. And another name to look out for is Alan Webb. Uh, the Knights have sort of flirted with the finals. They've been close. I think this year it'll be the same. I think they'll sort of come around mid-table. They might push towards the top six. I I don't think they'll come anywhere near relegation. I think they'll be far too good for that. But uh, I think it might be a, a seventh or eighth for the Knights this year, mate. Yeah. So I always call South Melbourne and Knights the... um the underachievers, they should be doing more and they don't. And it sounds like South Melbourne maybe could be going up that that scale, but it will be interesting to see where Melbourne Knights go because, yeah, anything outside of finals is for mine underachieving for a club of that size and and status. Of course, Um, and and I think they know that too. I, I really don't want to keep harking on about how accurate this is for league table, but at number six, Bentley Greens. Bentley Greens is one of those teams that I've said they can finish in sixth and win the grand final. Um, that's what they did last year. Yeah. Like they just, it shocked me how they'd like really just made, scraped into the finals and then just like zero fear took everyone out on their way into the grand final. And they really impressed me. Their first team is always quite strong. And if you take into consideration the FFA Cup and all of that sort of run that they've had, they're one of the most successful clubs in NPL football. Um, Branson, tell us about the Greens. How are they looking this year? Are they going to keep that sort of fire in the belly and head in the freezer kind of mentality? Or, or well, they've had a, well, they've had a hectic off-season from from what I've seen. Uh, Nick Tolios is, is their head coach. He's sort of uh, 
Uh, this will be his first full season in charge. I think he took over for the last couple of rounds and then the finals in 2019. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, they they have some huge player news. Uh, they announced that Jeremy Brocky uh, from the, the Kiwi International was coming. Uh, he then left the club before he even played a game. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, he didn't expect it to be as demanding as it turned out to be. So he came and he left. Uh, but there are some other big names that have come in. Ben Carring, sorry, Ben Carrigan, who was with the victory. Terry Iradakunda, who was with Western United. Uh, Lucas Derrick as well comes across from Heidelberg. And Mitch Hall comes down from MPL Queensland. But the biggest name by far to join Bentley Greens is Kenny Atu. Apparently, uh, the club has not an, uh, like announced or uh, revealed him as a signing, uh, but we've heard that it's done. We've heard that he's training with them, that it's locked in, that he's been registered, but he is going to be a huge plus for Bentley Greens. Uh, it could be tricky for them with all these players that they brought in there and, and a new manager. They might be a little bit slow to start, but when you look at some of these names on paper, when you look at that team, that is a loaded squad, and I think they will sort of grow throughout the season and come the end of the year, I think they're going to be pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd strongly agree with that. Great club as well, great to go down to. Um, it's got a flight path near it, which is great for the plane drinking game uh, and also excellent food. Um, you know, you really can't fault many of these grounds of food apart from maybe South Melbourne, which makes no sense on paper. Um, jumping in next... We've got one that I definitely think is a relegation candidate. I'm willing to put my hand up and say the league table is not accurate here, but at number seven, Dandenong <laughs> Thunder. Now, Dandenong Thunder for mine are a club that you can define with two words, and that's Brandon Barnes. And you cannot talk about Dandenong Thunder this season without the fact that Brandon Barnes is, he has just single-handedly kept him in the league for the last few seasons. He is their striker. He can score for fun. He's I feel like if you were going to make a Disney movie out of the NPL, it would be Brandon Barnes, um, you know, yeah. but like an, an out-of-shape striker, but he can still just bang them in, and he's a great character. Um, he is currently in the UK trying to get back to Australia, I believe, and if he comes back, Dan Dong Thunder is safe. If he does not come back and play, they are not safe. I think it's about as simple as that, correct? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think you're right. Um I don't think there is a single player who is more important to their team than than Brandon Barnes. As he said, you know, he, he really has kept them in the top flight. If they can bring him back, if he can get into the country, uh, we don't know where he is. We don't know if he's here or if he's trying to come in. But if he's part of the team, then I think that they will be able to avoid relegation. Uh, if he is not, it could be very, very, very tough. Uh, another couple of players, just uh, some names to remember there. Paul Wilson, he's come across from Hume. He's a defender. And Josh O'Hanlon as well has come across from Ireland. Uh, he recently was with Cork City. So I think it'll be interesting for Dan and Ong Thunder. But, yeah, you said it perfectly, mate. It, it really does hinge on, on Brandon Barnes. Which is wild to say, but uh, let's move on. We've got next Eastern Lions, a team, Branson. I think the things I know about Eastern Lions, because we were very excited they got newly promoted into the now infamous last season. Uh, we were really looking forward to seeing them because they had kind of built success over a long period of time. They've got, from what I understand, a pretty good academy, um, but it was always going to be a tough ask to get promoted and stay up. 
and we just didn't get to see enough games of them. Um, they definitely weren't setting the league on fire in the five games that we did get in. Um, Brand, what are you expecting from Eastern Lions this season? I think it's going to be a tough slog for them. As you said, uh, in the first five games we saw last year, I think they lost four of them. They weren't too flash. They hadn't won a game. Uh, they were a bit of a, a shock to get promoted in, in the first place. Um, they're a bit of a rarity in the NPL Victoria as well, where I believe they've got uh, English and Welsh roots as well. So, like, you know, there's a lot of Greek, a lot of Croatian, Italian uh, clubs in the NPL. But, you know, having an English or a British club is is quite rare. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting out to Gardner Reserve where they'll be playing. They've done a bunch of upgrades there. So it should be really, really good to see. Uh, you know I how, think- Brand, quickly, yeah. you know how when I go to grounds I rate them based off of their food? Yeah. You know I'm a massive fan of tea. Do you think they're going to have like a really nice oh. tea facility? Well, I, if there was a club that would, I think this would be it. I think some of the other clubs might have their edge on a, on coffee, you know, like a, a Turkish coffee or a few of the Italian clubs there. But, yeah, when it comes to tea, I think I think that's a good shout. Um, like, could you imagine I, a Sunday afternoon kickoff, tea with scones and jam and cream? That's damn. heaven. <laughs> Here for it. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see on the pitch how that plays out. We're looking forward to their to their tea offerings. Um, as far as their squad goes, hard to tell. Hard to tell. I've been doing some research on Facebook and, and, and Twitter and that sort of stuff for player announcements. The one name that jumps out is uh, Ziggy Rizuki, uh, partly because that is a fantastic name and partly he's the only one who uh, seems to be sort of people have some have some wraps on him. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, nice. Um, one team that I actually am saying are going to be at the pointy end of the season, so I'm now throwing my league table prediction order out the window, um, Hume City. Off the pitch, I really like Hume. Their support is incredible. They're one of the best supported teams in the league. Um, I'm just kind of quite enamoured with them. Um, I don't know too much about how they're kind of how they're kind of setting themselves up after last season and whether or not they've held on to people. But I think they will make the finals and I think they can also importantly do damage around teams at the pointy end. Bran, what have you got on Hume City? Where do you think they'll be? I, I totally agree. I think they're going to be up the top. I think they're going to be challenging for first, second and third. Uh, the, as far as their squad goes, they have retained a lot of their their, their key players. Um, which I think is great. They've sort of been building every year. We've seen them get better and better and better. Start of last season as well. I think they won all five of their first five games in in 2020 before the season got called off. They were absolutely flying. Uh, some names that stick out when you look at the Hume City squad, their goalkeeper, Michael Weir, who's one of, if not the best keeper in Australia, who's not in the top flight, let alone in the NPL. Other players as well, like James Brown, Mark Ochiang, uh, Mitch, Ke- Mitch Cooper, sorry, uh, Theo Mark Ellis, Marco Delic, uh, Josh Bingham, uh, who spent some time with the Mariners and then was in the NPL Queensland as well. I think they are going to be extremely, extremely strong. Uh, another player as well who has joined Hume City, Kane Shepherd. Ooh. who was at Avondale, uh, then went off and played for Newcastle, uh, the Newcastle Jets in the A-League. He's come back to, to Melbourne and he's going to be at Hume City as well, I believe. So that just adds, you know, some some more fire, some more firepower to them. Uh, I have heard that there might be a couple of defensive questions. Uh, that, you know, Paul Wilson has left. 
So there might be some issues at centre-back, but I do think that Hume are going to be very, very, very good. I think they're going to be right off the top, and I'm really looking forward to to watching them. And you mentioned uh, their, their Turkish roots. Uh, I love their supporters as well, uh, the active support group that we had. You mentioned at the, uh, the elimination final. That was fantastic to see. Really excited by Hume City this season. Yeah, when they, I remember when they revoked the... Um... What was the stupid FFA rule that you couldn't say that you oh, were ethnically the, uh, aligned? The NCOP? Uh, yeah, that's the one. When they got rid of that, Hume City were one of the first clubs to be like, cool, yeah, we're Turkish, chuck it on the jersey, here we go. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really good. Um, I still don't think I've been out to a Hume City game, actually, so I should probably do that this season, shouldn't I? Well, apart from the elimination final. No, that was at Oakley. Oh, so you, oh, sorry, you meant ABD. My my yeah. apologies. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's great grandstand. We'll... Uh, We'll definitely look forward to getting there at some stage. One of my favourite grounds to go to, though, I think it's just because I'm a bit lazy and sometimes I don't want to go very far, but I do also love a good server, is Port Melbourne. Um, Now, Port Melbourne are probably one of those ones where you could kind of nail on that they're mid-table every season, but are they going to stay there this season or are they maybe dropping towards the relegation zone of the table branks? I don't feel like they're going up, but I could also be really wrong. Well, I could be really wrong as well because one of the one of the big things that I found very frustrating with Port Melbourne is they have like the worst social media presence. Like looking on Twitter, I think their last tweet was in 2019. So when it comes to trying to get information on their squad, it's bloody hard. Um, I, I agree. I think they'll be mid-table. They're, they generally, you know, sometimes they'll flirt with the finals. Sometimes they'll flirt with relegation. I think they'll still steer clear of it this year. Um, some names that jump out are Kamal Ibrahim and Michael Eager as well. Uh, to be honest, though, I don't know too much more about their squad as well, um, just because we haven't seen some of those player announcements. Yeah, and that's fine. Look, I think we'll we'll, um, we'll get there eventually with the full squads. There are some, I'm not going to lie to you, better podcasts that will go through <laughs> the squads in depth, um, and we'll sort of give you a shout-out later for those. But... At the moment, it's it's kind of like a Port Melbourne. I think even if we had their squad, it would still be like they've kind of got this thing in them where they can either like lose 2-0 against a team that's relative to them or have like a 4-3 thriller. And there's just no rhyme nor reason to some of the score lines that they put out. So we'll watch and see with Port Melbourne. But I definitely, if I was bringing someone new to a game and I sat there and I went, eat this Suva, it's delicious, and watch this game of football, I'd just be like, this is a mid-table club, and I'd have no concerns arguing that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they'll be interesting. Um, we'll, we'll sort of see round one what kind of team they roll out, but uh, looking forward to seeing how they go. Yeah. Um, next up's St. Auburn Saints. Now, I, last year, last season, the infamous season, thought that they were probably going to be near relegation. Um, was that correct, Branson, or... Are they, uh, they maybe a little bit pointier in the season end? Well, they were sort of my tip as well to go down. And funnily enough, they're uh, my tip to go down again this year. I don't think they're going to be too flush. I think they're going to struggle to survive. Um, doing a bit of research again, Port Melbourne and St. Albans, I'm glad we got them back to back because they're the two clubs that I've not been able to find much at all. Uh, we saw last season they actually won a couple of games. They were able to sort of battle it out. And so it looked like um, uh, 
you know, going to be up for the fight uh, in, in that regards. It wasn't all doom and gloom. So hopefully they can do the same. Uh, a, a player who we saw last year, Oliver Bassett, he was quite good. I believe he's an Englishman, though. So, again, don't know if he's back in the country, if he's back with the team. St. Albans, like Port Melbourne, are not great when it comes to publishing their their player announcements and their and their signings there. So we don't have too much squad information about them. I, I think they'll struggle. I would like to see them stay up personally, but um, it could be a tough slog for St. Albans. Yeah, you know, I have a sweet spot for all Croatian clubs and Croatian food and Croatian beer and just Croatian everything. So, yeah, the more Croatian clubs in the NPL, Victoria, the better in my opinion. Definitely. Um, Green Gully. This is probably another one where I, I, my heart says mid-table. Again, a great stadium to do the plain drinking game at because it's right near the airport. Um, but they've probably, I guess Alex Salmon is similar to where we're talking about Brandon Barnes with Dandenong Thunder. Alex Salmon is potentially that for Green Gully. And has he managed to stay or what's the status of him? Where do you think Green Gully are going to be? And do you think it's around mid-table? Well, I think they want to be pushing higher than that. We saw last, uh, sorry, not last season, 2019, when they had Alex Salmon for that full year, we saw them make the finals. Uh, I think that's got to be the goal for them. They've got quite a strong squad when you look at some of the names that that, that jump out, names to remember. Uh, Jared Tyson, their goalkeeper, he's always been great. T-Boy Kamara, Matthew Fletcher, Jay Davies, uh, Nick Georgiopoulos, who's a great youngster. He's come across from... Pasco Vale after they went down. Uh, Mamadi Kamara as well. Uh, Alex Salmon, of course, as you said, is the big one. And today we saw on social media a uh, Green Gully post saying that Alex Salmon had re-signed with the club. So Ooh, you would big think, news. Yeah, well, you would think, you know, the week of the first game, if they're announcing that, that he's in the country. So if that's the case, that's going to be massive because in 2019 he was the runner-up for the Golden Boot Award. Uh, Liam Boland of Avondale won it, but I think he'd scored something like seven, eight or nine penalties Liam Boland had, whereas Alex Salmon had scored far fewer. So not saying that penalties don't count, but uh, he's definitely uh, one of the most prolific goal scorers floating around the NPL Victoria. So if he's back, which it seems like he is, I think for Green Gully, they're really going to be shooting for top four. Um there's a couple of other teams Ooh. who, well, there's, well, that that's what I think they'll be shooting for. I think there's a couple of other teams who are ahead of them, but I think if they were to miss the finals, they'd be, uh, they, they, they'd be disappointed with that. So it does turn out I'm wrong on Green Gully, and I'm willing to admit that. Live well, maybe, on maybe not, mate. I could, I could be wrong too. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm also a little bit concerned about this one because this is a club very close to my heart. The first NPL game that we went to, Bran, was Dandenong City and it's probably the best ground that you could go to and best club that you could go see your first NPL game at because it is everything right with community football. It's a real community club. The food's incredible. The view's great at sunset. The football on offer is always exciting and entertaining. Um I want to say in my heart of hearts that they're a mid-table club, but I reckon this year they're going to find it a bit hard because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of very good clubs in this league at the moment, and I think they've lost some key players, and I haven't seen enough from them to say that they're going to be pushing that final spot. But Bran, the man in the know, what are your thoughts on Dandy City this season, and should I be concerned? 
Potentially, yes, but there is some one overriding factor that I think that might save them. Uh, of course, they've got big Sasha Ogonofsky as their head coach, which is just fantastic. He's going to be a big draw card. So uh, I remember in 2019, midway through the season, they had that trio of A-League players that they yeah, signed. Adrian, uh, Adrian, Adrian Leia. Yep. Oh, this is a pub quiz now. Oh, Adrian Leia. Um, Why can I not remember? Uh, Brendan Santalab. Yeah. And uh, Vince, was it Vince? Was it, it wasn't Vince Lear. Was it Vince Lear? No. No, no not Vince Lear. Um, I don't know. There was a third. We'll think of it. We'll do some research. We'll find him at the yeah. same time. Um, so th- I believe all three of them are no longer with the club. And so too, I believe, is Mate Degansic. Uh, I think he's left as well. I think he might have retired. Injuries might have caught up with him. Happy to be proven wrong uh, if if they are still there. But those are going to be some big some big losses. Uh, some names that do stand out, some names to look out for. Nathan Cook, uh, Christian Cavello, who has spent time in the A-League and with uh, Green Gully and Danny Thunder. Uh, Nick Kalmar, former A-League player, former Melbourne Heart player. He's still with the club, as well as Braden Mann, who's a bit of a club stalwart as well. Uh, so I think Dandy City, in my opinion, I think they'll struggle as well. But we saw that in 2019 for the first half of the season, they were struggling. They were down in that um, in that relegation zone. And then halfway through the year, they go bang and they announced three massive A-League signings. Um, and that really rejuvenated them, really solidified them. They ended up being well clear of relegation and sort of not in the hunt for finals, but not too far off it. So I think they are going to struggle, but we have seen previously uh, that they, they they can get that sort of sudden injection that might lift them up. Yeah, I guess it's just one of those ones where, where clubs probably don't need to do that because they've got a strong foundation and they've kind of maybe built a sort of a base over a couple of seasons. That, that sort of rapid injection of three A-League quality players can't have been cheap. And when I saw that, I was always afraid that if they spent that much money and then went down, that it would be kind of like a real setback for the club. So... I would, I personally, because I love Dandy City, I want them in the NPL for as long as possible. I, I kind of want to see a little bit more of maybe like a gradual improvement, strong foundations, building year on year kind of thing than a let's see how bad it gets halfway through the season and just like throw some resources at it. Um, so yeah, Dandy City, one to watch, but I'm a bit fearful this year that they'll be down the down the relegation end. I think. I've also put our Tona Magic. This is our last team on the list, everyone. Well, just just very quickly, sorry, Will, just to interrupt you, just going back to Dandy City, it was uh, Cal Valeri. Brenton Sintelab, Cal Valeri, Adrian Leia. They were the three A-League players they, they picked up. Ripper pub quiz question for anyone out there who really wants to make some enemies. Um, so on the 14th on the list, and remember that I did this list by names that I could remember. Funnily <laughs> enough, I forgot Dandy City, which makes yeah, no your sense. absolute favourite. Yeah. Um, but I put our Tona dead last. Branson, I literally have nothing to say about our Tona. Can you help me out here? Well, they are <laughs> genuinely, genuinely one of the most intriguing teams. So over the off-season, again, why do I, I keep forgetting everyone's name? Uh, they're big backer. Uh, at the end of 2019, left, went to Preston. Uh, he's now come back and he's brought his money back from what I've heard. And Altona have had no issue in splashing the cash. So very early on, 
they were linked with Kenya too. They were sort of the favourites. Everyone thought that he was going to go to Altona, which would have been absolutely massive considering in 2020, I think they'd, they'd lost all five of their games. They looked like they were going down. Uh, it, it really looked doom and gloom. The season being called off came right at the right time for them, sorry. This year, though, uh, while they didn't get Kenny Atu, they've still been able to add some really key players. Uh, Chris Oldfield, the goalkeeper from Avondale, he has joined the club. He left Avondale. He'd gone to George Cross but has now joined Altona Magic as well. So that's going to be a huge addition. He's a, a fantastic goalkeeper. They've got Vince Leia from the A-League. He's been with the Knicks, the Victory, and Perth Glory as well. Harry and Adelaide Moon. United, I'm pretty Ad- sure. There you pretty go. sure he Ad- played for Adelaide United. There you go. Uh, Adelaide United as well. Uh, Harry Noon from Heidelberg. We were saying before that he's such a big loss for them. He's joined our tone of magic. That's going to be massive. They've got Nicholas Sete. Uh, Troy Ruthven, I believe, is still there, as well as Jamie Persevsky, who spent some time in Germany and also has represented North Macedonia in the did under-19s he some- as well. Yeah, but did he spend some time in Germany playing football? Because I've also yeah. spent some time in Germany, Branson. It doesn't. It's, yeah. I don't put it on my CV. I think it was with like Fortuna Dusseldorf and a, a couple of teams in in their like junior youth academy setups. But um, yeah, he he was playing football while he was over there. So Altona Magic, they've yeah they've they've flexed a bit of muscle here. They've built or put together or attracted quite a decent looking looking squad. Things were looking pretty grim in twenty twenty, but I think they're looking a little bit more rosy in 2021 and it'll be interesting to see how high they can climb they've got some big names when you look at that on paper so it'll be interesting to see if they can convert that to wins i don't think they're going to be near the relegation spots at all i think they'll be above that uh, but we'll just have to see yeah how far they can climb branson that's a pretty ripper summary of 14 clubs. I'm I'm pretty happy with where we got to with that. <laughs> hopefully now, we didn't hopefully we didn't make too many mistakes in there. <laughs> yeah, time will tell. Um the only thing that I'm thinking of is we were going to do this last season. And I'm pretty sure we did it. And I did clean out my room and throw it away. But mm-hmm. at the start of last season, we wrote down our table predictions. Gold golden boot and golden glove winner. Yep. And, and who uh, wins and grand the grand final? final. Yeah. yeah, grand final winner. I reckon we need to do that again. Oh, for sure. Yeah, let's do it. And we're going to keep it a secret though, right? We've got to keep yeah. it. So, so the, the deal is what we're going to do is we're going to write down what we think the league table is going to be, who the grand final winner is going to be, golden boot, golden glove. Um, and we're going to put it in an envelope, seal it. Last episode of the set. God, I hope the season doesn't get cancelled again. <laughs> yeah, last episode we'll open PTSD, it up. Yeah. We'll open up, we'll read it out, and we'll see uh who is gonna be the most correct. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be honest, uh I did have a bit of a crack at my it's ladder hard. prediction. Oh, it is so hard, and that's why I'm so excited for um this season. Uh because there's so many teams who I think are gonna be fighting it out for that top six. Like Well, that's I'm- the thing. The top six right now I can think of eight to nine clubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, in my initial list, I won't reveal too much, but um, I had Green Gully and Altona not in the finals. And then I was looking, I'm like, oh, well, Green Gully, you know, Alex Salmon's back. I think they'll be in there. Altona Magic, you know, they look good on paper. They could be up there too. But then it's like, who do you drop down? So it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm mm. looking forward to it. And it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see 
how uh, how we both go with our predictions. But, mate, that does bring an end to our, our little season preview as well. But we do have uh, some other plugs that we want to give away for people who have more information. Yeah, so, look, obviously for more in-depth analysis, um, all of the latest squad news, um, there's just one place to go, and it's the Corner Flag. The Corner Flag are doing a really special show. I believe it's going to be this Thursday of a, a NPL season preview. Um, the work that Chris Gleason's done over there in collating his information and, and reaching out to clubs directly and getting all of the latest news, that's really the source of truth that you have to go to. The grade over there, you're just going to be, if after listening to their episode, you'll be more informed than us. That's wild. <laughs> um, so definitely check them out. They're the corner flag. Um, definitely follow them on Facebook and on Twitter and also just get up their um, podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast too. But Branson. That was a mammoth, mammoth part one. I reckon we've earned ourselves a little bit of a break. I think we can go to um, go to part two just on the other side of this break. And welcome back to part two of the Semi Pro Potty season preview show. Bran, let's kick off the segment section with that so semi professional the area where we look at some of the things in football and life that are a bit semi-professional. What have you got, Bran? Oh, this is one of my uh, one of my favourite segments. The first thing that I saw, it just screamed semi-professional. It screamed NPL. I absolutely loved it. Uh, we mentioned before Will Heidelberg United, how they've done a bunch of work to upgrade Olympic Village, their home field. Uh, it all looks great. We've seen the Oh, sorry, pardon me. We've seen the photos. We can't wait to get there. One of the downsides that seems to have uh, come from their upgrades, though, we saw on Twitter from our good friend Chris Gleason, uh, Heidelberg United TV. They were broadcasting the game from the gantry, and what we could see was uh, when they had the camera, there was a giant, uh, what was it, the player bench, sorry, Obscure yeah, like the, the pitch. perspex. The yeah. perspex cover is essentially just covering half the yeah. pitch. So essentially, the camera is really far back, and it's not got a very. It's got a very uh, low angle. So when it's filming the game, it's on the wrong side. So the uh, yeah, the perspex benches uh, cover a sizable portion of the pitch, and it's just it. It looks crap. It looks absolutely classic. That I think it's been something like twelve million dollars redoing uh, Olympic Village, and then that's uh, that's part of what they've come up with. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. So exactly. Just scream semi-professional. I love it. Great work, Heidelberg. We'll see if it, if that stays there for round one. But I saw that on Twitter. I was like, oh, instantly thought of this segment, mate. Nice. And one thing that I would also say that I'm excited about with MPL is that obviously we're now used to football behind closed doors and we're not going to have closed doors for the NPL. And even if we did, they wouldn't even bother with fake crowd noises. Because one thing that I think is very semi-professional in this era of football that we're in is when a goal gets scored and maybe it's a bit of a shock to the person who presses a button for fake crowd noises. So like a ball will trickle in <laughs> or something and then there'll just be a three second delay until you hear Hey. And it's just, it gets me every time. It's just all like a shot that's missed by like 60 yards and it's like, ooh. And you're yeah, like, no, yeah. Not even like, 
<laughs> or, or like a, a harsh challenge and then two seconds later the angry crowd noise you know it's 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 very much a product of 2020 and and 2021 but totally agree great nomination uh, another one that i had uh scream semi-professional fox sports and their she coverage of the a league and the w league uh unfortunately we've seen it more so on the w league which is just uh even more embarrassing considering some of the the funding that they got allocated to, to try to grow the women's game and it's uh sort of shows the the disbalance between, you know, the professionalism and the uh, the attention that's given to the men's side of the game versus the, the women's. Uh, but we saw, what was it, the tuba guy, the random tuba guy drop in. We've seen the coverage drop out. Uh, in the A-League, uh, the coverage dropped out and we missed a goal. Uh, Even the quality a- of some of the broadcasts, like they yeah. clearly just had like a work experience kid with like a 20-year-old camera broadcast. Yeah, well, the like- W League, some of the W League coverage has been exactly the same as NPL. You know, there's no replays. It's one camera on the sideline. Uh, they've reduced the number of cameras as well. So some of the angles we get for offside for VAR are from like 40 metres away on a terrible angle because it's the same, um, not 40 metres, but it's the same central pitch and sometimes not even all the players are on the screen so i think that's been very semi-professional you got anything else mate uh i of course do i think football in australia for a bit went very semi-professional um i've spoken about it before i there was genuinely concern that when covid hit when fox sports pulled their money when clubs didn't look like they could pay players wages just football in australia in general went very semi-professional but on the inverse side of that I'm actually really happy that it kind of did because I think it was a a catalyst event for some of the things that we'd maybe spoken about for a long time that needed to change and they all kind of changed overnight. I think there's a really good um there's a really good theory that like a, a change change can take a decade and a decade of change can happen in, instantly and I think we genuinely saw that with this is that when football in Australia was kind of pushed to the brink it forced us to do a bit of a hard reset and I'm actually really happy with the pathway out of it that we have and I'm really excited about all of the things that we're now talking about in Australia and they feel like they're kind of getting a bit more real than perhaps they were three to four years ago. Yeah, so it's sort of trended towards the semi-side of semi-professional and now it's sort of trending in the other direction, you reckon? Well, I think think there's just simple things like that um, promotion relegation discussion. Even if it's just a discussion at this stage, it's still important thing to have because it makes it tangible and then just making money off of players like transfers is just such a good way for your semi-professional clubs to get more money and it's also a way that I think the A-League kind of has to come down and the semi-professional clubs have to go up and I think we're kind of seeing that like I don't think we're going to go back to A-League days where there were 50,000 fans in a stadium for a you know, Melbourne victory versus Sydney FC game. I just think there's a healthy size of the A-League and that's coming down and the NPL will come up and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you uh, you touched on the second division and promotion and relegation there. That's something we haven't even spoken about, but we saw, what was it, the, the championship working group, uh, some of the stuff for a, a national second division come out, which is super exciting. We won't get into it today, otherwise... You know, this podcast will go forever and we want to try to keep it short. So we'll move on. But that's another thing I can't wait to discuss in future episodes. Uh, another thing that I saw that was so semi-professional, I mentioned it before, uh, Port Melbourne and St. Albans calling them out for their, their social media channels. Port Melbourne not posting on Twitter for something over a year or anything like that. It's uh, 
a bit crap. So, you know, it, it, it's fine, you know, and, and, and being in PL clubs, you know, you, you've got resources that are spread pretty thin at the best of the time, at the best of times. And if social media takes a hit, that's fine. Uh, but it does just make it a little bit tricky for us podcasters, mate, you know, when we're trying to do a little bit of research, but, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is in itself very semi-professional. But let me tell you what, mate, something that is not very semi-professional. Uh, this is this has just recently come to light. Uh, I think it's by definition the exact opposite of semi-professional, and 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 that is us, mate. That's us. Oh, isn't it just? I mean, when I got my package in the mail. I immediately thought of all of those people that helped me get here in life. Well, what's the package? We haven't announced it, mate. I know. Tell the, and I tell just, the people I, what it is. I don't want to say it on air because it makes it real. And then I think it puts pressure on us. You know, like it, <laughs> well, it really does. All I'm going to say is there are two recipients of NPL Victoria media passes on the podcast right now. Oof. Absolutely. And the recipients, well, you don't have to say it. I'll call it out. I'll go out and say it. Mate, we've been given official FV media accreditation status. Mate, who, who would have thought that, uh, you know, this pokey little, uh, this pokey little podcast would get, uh, FV media passes. It even says on it's got our names and it's got semi pro potty on there. You wouldn't read about it. I'm very excited. You absolutely wouldn't. And we're not going to. We're probably not going to let the power go to our head. I don't think because oh, that would be very unlike us. But uh, this does mean that we can get into more games, which you know we're loving uh, and we're looking forward to doing. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's also I'm now deeming us as essential workers. I don't know about you, but you know, yeah, great. The second you get a pass for something, it kind of makes you essential. So here yeah. we are. Fantastic! Can't wait. Um, Branson, let's blitz through some things that we learned in COVID because. A lot of chaos happened. We've all come out the other side, much the better. Bran, kick us off. What did you pick up in the COVID era that you're now bringing to the podcaster's skills? Yeah, well, one thing that I did, uh, we mentioned, I think, when we did our, our sort of COVID recap last year, some things that we wanted to do. We decided we wanted to try to to better ourselves a little bit. You know, what's a skill that we can learn? Uh, one of the things that I mentioned was uh, knitting. You know, you know me, and mate. I'm a, I'm a jersey enthusiast. I've also got a bunch of scarves, and I was like, you know what? I reckon I could knit a a semi professional. Oh, sorry, a semi professional, semi pro potty scarf. I thought that would be a good thing to do in lockdown. And mate, let me just tell you, I bloody went out and I bloody well did it. I knitted myself a pink and black uh, scarf. It's fantastic. It's great. Uh, I'm looking forward to wearing it to games. Uh, don't know if it's waterproof. That's fine. Uh, hasn't got any tassels on it because that became, you know, like the frilly bits on the end. Could see, have done I don't that, like the, them anyway. That was too hard. Oh, well, see, yeah. it was too hard. And oh, so okay. I was like, do you know what? I don't, I don't need them. I don't need them. So it's, a, it's sort of a speckled black and pink design. It's surprisingly soft as well. So that's, uh, that's one thing that I learned in COVID and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, wearing the fruits of my labour. Well, that sounded so grim. Um, <laughs> yeah, which, oh, just, yeah. Anyway, um, over COVID, what about you? I, I did something stupid while I was locked down in Adelaide. And by that, I mean, I was not in lockdown, but I was in Adelaide, which is one big lockdown. So I was still in lockdown. Like people are, oh, you missed second lockdown. It's like, no, I was in Adelaide, which is a perpetual lockdown. Um, I was bored. So I bought a car 
I've never owned a car. I've never worked on a car. I bought a 1989 Ford Capri convertible and I learned how to fix cars and I've finished cars and I now have a convertible Ford Capri in Fitzroy and it's the most pointless thing I've ever purchased. Oh, man, it's so good. I love it. It's Well, we'll talk to people through it. So it's convertible. It's got a hard top. It's got a soft top. It's red. It's sporty. Uh, it's got pop-up headlamps. I mean, what else could you want in a car? And before when I said, I didn't spoil it when I said I was looking forward to uh, road trips, this was the big part of the road trips that I'm looking forward to, cruising along the streets of Dandenong in William Chambers, uh, sorry, with <laughs> William Chambers, not in William Chambers, with William Chambers, <laughs> uh, in, in his Ford Capri. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. That is a superb addition to to the podcast team right We there. need to get semi-pro potty as a license plate. That's the only <laughs> thing that it needs. <laughs> well, mate, I mean, we've got FV media accreditation. Surely a custom license plate isn't that hard to get. Just get decals on the bonnet of our FV media passes. Yeah, that'd look good. That'd look <laughs> um, good. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the only other thing that I learned in lockdown, Branson, is that um, while we were in lockdown, we didn't lock ourselves down. I feel like we all got through it and we were all nice to each other and we were all very understanding. And I kind of, I'm glad that we all had that as a moment together because I feel like I've got stronger friendships and I feel better about the world because of taking a little bit. It actually felt like time out for the first one. It definitely felt like time out. It was like, you've been going out too much. You've <laughs> not been like calling your mum enough. you all just been a bit idiotic and not listened to science for long enough. You're having a timeout. And it felt like that and it felt great. I was like, you know what? We needed that hard reset. So that was my other thing that I learned in COVID is that it's not all doom and gloom. There's always silver lining. Um, Mate, that's, that's great to hear. I just want to touch on that. I'll, I'm, I'm glad you've got that positive uh, that positive outlook because uh, I, I don't know if I've told you this story, but uh, uh, after we did the COVID episode, uh, shout out to, to my mum, who's one of our uh, three avid weekly listeners I, <laughs> I believe she listens to it while while walking the dog she's not even that much of a football or an NPL fan but listens along which is great so she listened to our our COVID special uh episode and she ended up calling me that week and said oh is William all right he sounded you know like pretty sad he sounded pretty pretty depressed is everything going okay and I said no yeah I think so so my mum will be thrilled to learn William that you have emerged from this lockdown uh, with it as an overall positive experience. It's going to be great. And, of oh, course, I, I, I'm, so I'm excited funny. by that as well. Yeah, she literally called me up and said, is is everything okay with Will? I was like, what oh, do you mean? That so is. Shout, shout I, like, I, love it, I love it when my mum cares about me, but when other people's <laughs> mums care about me, that is just brilliant. <laughs> what a flex. Oh, that is great. Um, Brand, let's blitz through them. What did we like over the last year and a bit of zero football oh well so it's a it's a tough one to pick because there were so many things uh, a couple that uh sort of stick out to me i saw it was on twitter uh over christmas uh there was a game in turkey and it was snowing and one of the teams playing in the snow was wearing were wearing white white jerseys white shorts white socks and it was absolutely fantastic someone had posted a screenshot i think one of the teams was wearing you know a conspicuous color like a red yellow orange uh, and so you could see them perfectly. And then, like, you really genuinely had to, like, actually focus and look in to, to spot the uh, the player, uh, sorry, the teams that were wearing the all-white uniforms because they really, really did 
uh, blend in with the snow. And I really liked it. You know, I sort of yeah. like, wow. Uh, it, you know, full credit was probably somewhat easier to see for the players themselves. But from the broadcast, you really couldn't see them. I was like, this is exactly what you would imagine would happen if a team wore white in the snow. And it's like, it's, 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 it's hit that. I loved it. It was a real crossover between my two loves of football and Where's Wally. Like, it was just <laughs> yeah. that kind of that kind of visual jarring sensation that you get from it. So, no, I absolutely loved it. Um, on my side of the fence, um, I really liked Liverpool winning the league. Like, that, <laughs> that just that had to happen that year or else that year was just a write-off for me. Yeah. Um, so, that was really enjoyable. Um, so, that was a footballing win that I had that was great. Bran, what about you? Well, I I too had a uh, had a had a footballing win. My mighty Fulham uh, won promotion to the Premier League. Uh, they won the playoff final. They beat Brentford, who I cannot stand as well. That was fantastic. Uh, Brentford, they can just piss off, you know. I don't, I <laughs> That's as bad as aggro as I'll get. But they were they were a classic. They choked hard. They were a shoe in for automatic promotion. Then on the last day of the season, they lost to like bottom of the table Barnsley, and then they didn't get up, uh, didn't end up getting promoted automatically. Uh, we faced them in the playoff final. One of their players was like, "Oh yeah, Fulham are afraid of us," and then we just roll out and beat them in the playoff final. You're like, yeah, uh, back in the prem. So I really enjoyed that. Um, we've both had mixed uh, mixed season since then. Fulham right in the midst of a relegation battle. Although the last week, seven points, couple of wins over. Everton and Sheffield United, things are looking pretty good, but it's been a tough year for, for, for Fulham and for Liverpool as well. Now, you've really fallen off the horse. I heard I heard a ripper stat the other day when I was watching the Merseyside derby, which was when which Jordan Henderson yeah, Jordan yeah. Henderson got injured. And um, it was – how many games into the season? Are we 24 or something? I think we're – I think we're two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're somewhere around the mid-20s. And – that with Jordan Henderson going off, uh, the sub that came on, I think it was Nat, Nate Phillips or whatever. That was our 18th centre back partnership for the year. Oh, great. Nice. At 18, I was like, I couldn't even think of the number of combinations of players that, like, like how do you make up 18? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's if you go lot. through squad, it, it's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, not a great, not a great season, but I mean, it's just like, Whatever. Doesn't really matter anymore. Well, we've enjoyed the banter as well, you ripping into form. And I think all non-Liverpool fans, much like me, uh, take great satisfaction in watch Liverpool watching them. And, yes. And like I said, Branson, I'm just happy that in COVID I learnt that if my friends are happy, then I'm happy. So if <laughs> Liverpool losing makes you happy, then it makes me happy. Oof. Brutal way to make me feel bad. Love yeah. it. Um, Fran, let's finish this bit off. Um, what's your last thing that you liked? Um, oh, one thing that I th- I really love at the moment is how good the A League is. I know we're an MPL podcast, but we do we do watch the A League and we do like it as well. Um, it's just been fantastic. Um, there's been exciting games. Uh, it's sort of a weird one, but you know, with the mismatch fixture, with some teams playing more games than others, it's sort of created this situation where you know the Mariners ended up on top and at the start that was because they had a couple of games in hand but now we've seen that they've been able to carry that form on 
They're on top of the league. Newcastle Jets are in the top six now. Uh, again, you know, teams below them have games in hand, but that's really, really exciting. Uh, Brisbane Roar are flying. Sydney FC look vulnerable. Yeah. The Dylan Vic- Wenzel Hall's up in Brisbane is absolutely oh, yeah. killing us at the moment. And, and how about Alu Kual? What a fantastic <laughs> yeah. season he's having. Uh, he played for the Golden Valley Suns. I think they're in the MPL 3. Uh, Valentino Yule, who was with Bentley Greens as well, he's now doing really well for Newcastle. It, it's great to see. It's exciting. The victory suck as well, which oh, is fantastic. Oh, get it in my veins. Oh, I love it every I day. Just, I mean, you and I are City fans. You're also from Adelaide, so you've got an Adelaide connection as well. Um, oh, man, it's just it's just fantastic to see them struggle and suck, you know, for so long being so big with so many resources. They've sort of been removed from that. They've never had to endure it. Yeah, and now they're and just bottom of the league and you're like, now you know how the rest of us have felt. Yeah, and it's struggling off the pitch as well as on it, and that's what really, really gives me a real fillip. <laughs> Love it. Um, and I will say to that, on top of that, one thing that I have really liked has been Adelaide United. Another, again, that sort of, that reset of football in Australia that we got for COVID was that, you know, we got rid of this God, that almost sounded really racist. Um, we got rid of like foreign managers, <laughs> which is a terrible thing to say. But like, yeah, no, I get so what you mean. There's been a, there's been an influx of of local homegrown yeah. coaches. So Adelaide United literally at a point where like we can't pay pay player wages, and there was a lot of uncertainty. So we just went back to the state, and we got talent from the state, and there was a lot of young South Australian talent coming through that team that absolutely excites me. Like it's just. I'm really, I'm really buying into the Adelaide United brand at the moment, and I think they're doing really good things. Like even simple things like having the, having the um the women's team on the same Instagram account. I think oh, all football clubs yeah. should be doing that. And the content Definitely they're agree. putting out, the Adelaide United women's team is really good. Um, it just it's probably the first time I've felt the entire club has got an identity and. I'm buying into it and I'm just really impressed with them. And also the jerseys, the jerseys are sick. So, yeah. And very quickly on the flip side as well, I want to say I do, I do love the W League as well. That's been super competitive. Brisbane, what a loaded squad they have. Um, but yeah. even then, you know, they sort of struggled at the start. Now they're looking really good. Uh, Melbourne City, our team of uh, really bad. struggled. Yeah. yeah, really struggled. And that, year, wild, that wild so week of the departures. Melbourne derbies. Yeah, the wild week of the Melbourne derbies where, like, Melbourne victory absolutely pumped them and then we beat them the week later. And it was just yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Uh, Canberra United are doing really well. Sydney are doing well. Uh, the, the, the W League and also just the obstacles that they've been able to overcome with uh, uh, border restrictions and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely love it, mate. Yeah, big call. All right, um, Bran, let's, let's bring this bit home. But before we do, I just want to know what your favourite kit at the moment is. In, in the world of football, because we've missed a lot of kit bag segments. We have. We have. And, you know, we've been poorer for it. Uh, we, could, we missed all these kit releases. Uh, my favourite kit that I've seen uh, is the Forward, Mar- sorry, Forward Madison drip kit. Uh, Forward Madison, they play in the US uh, League One over there. They are notorious. They're famous for having crazy, outrageous designs. They've got some really, really good ones. Uh, their drip kit, it's just, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's got no, a great. dark blue, light blue, pink. It's fantastic, mate. What is your favourite kit that you've seen? Yeah, look, I can't look past that Adelaide United away kit. I think it's, it ticks all the boxes of 
like a a niche kit manufacturer matching a <laughs> even for a sleeve sponsor matching the jersey color to the sponsor is just a full on like McDonald's kit. Um, I think it looks great. I'm really happy with their entire kit selection at the moment. But yeah, like honest to God, me getting a Mo Teray Adelaide United yellow away kit is one of my favorite. It's yes. just, I just, it's going to be the best. Now, bear with me, mate, because I'm about to send you a message and I'm going to show you a kit that I don't believe you have seen. I saw it for the first time today. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. I've just sent you a message on Facebook. Open that bad boy up uh, when you get a chance, when the image loads. Have a look at that. I want to hear your reaction live on the podcast, mate. Okay. Um, I'm just going to pause it there. Your internet is lagging massively. Do you just want to talk for a little bit? I'm going to clap out these bits. Uh, Yep, sure thing. I'll just... I think that that it, when you were talking, then that sounded fine. Is that is that better? Uh, yeah, that does sound good. Cool. Have you seen the kit? Not yet, but I will clap us back in to do it. Sorry, my phone's going into night mode. Oh, is that a Velcro tab? I don't think it's okay. Velcro. I think it's. Yeah. Oh fuck! Okay. It looks like it is. It does. Okay, I'm going to clap back in. Oh, that is a nice kit. That oh, like, is. Yeah, do you want to do you want to do the announcement, Frank? Well, that that, that is the Dandenong City home kit for this season, and it is an absolute dead set ripper. It's by Legia. Uh, it's got dark blue stripes. It's got red sort of uh, crisscross patterns in it, mate. I tell you what, I, I saw that today, and that is my new favorite favorite oh, kit. We loved. It got, it. Sorry, it's it's like a button up kit, but has it got Velcro? I, I, it looks like it. It looks like it, mate. I, oh, oh, that's so NPL. That's so For those NPL. who haven't seen it, Dandy City's home kit, look it up. Can't wait to see them wear that this season. Very much looking forward to it. Yeah, that is great. Okay, Branson, let's jump into the yes or no section. This will be the final part for part two before we turn our attention to the preview. Branson, I feel like you've crafted these questions, so you can ask them first. Yep. And really throw me under the bus because you obviously know more about football than I do. So <laughs> I'm going to give an answer and you're going to be able to argue it. Well, no, we'll, we'll both give our, 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 our takes here. So for yes or no this week, I've sort of figured it, uh, sorry, structured it kind of like a season preview in a way. So fitting with that theme. So my first yes or no question to you, mate, will Avondale win silverware this year, whether that be... Uh, the grand final or finishing on top of the ladder, yes or no, will Avondale win silverware? Yes. Yeah, I'm and with I'm you. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to say that they're not going to win. They're not going to finish top of the table, but I think they're going to win the grand final. Mm. I just, I do think there are better squads out there than them, but again, just that hunger for silver, I think is going to give them the edge in a grand final. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think they will win silverware. Um, I think they're a good side. It'll be interesting. Uh, they've been knocking on the door for a while now. We'll see how that goes. All right, yes or no, will Hume City finish on top? Oh, God. When you read out their squad before, I was just like, that's the best squad in the NPL. Like, it really is. It sounds... It's, it's both full of, like, really good quality, but also... 
like seniority in a way. Where like there's some good senior heads in that team. Mm-hmm. Oh mate, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna give an answer because I'm afraid it might skew my writing in a mm. notebook later on and saving on a piece of paper what I think number one will be. But I, I, they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, well, the, the next one is will Oakley finish on top? Yes or no? I really think that, you know, with those first three, it's going to be so, 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 so close. I, I really think it is going to be one of those three who who finishes on top. But, uh, yeah, without what? giving away our predictions, I, I can't wait to see who it's going to be. Um, what about you? Do you think Oakley will finish on top? Do you think Hume will finish on top? I think I, uh, I think Oakley would be the favourites to finish on top. If I had to look at all three, I, I think they would be the favourites. And then I think you would probably have Avondale and Hume, I would have them side by side. I think Hume have been building very nicely. I think Adelaide have a few more, uh, Adelaide, Avondale have a few more runs on the board. However, they're still yet to win a trophy, so I think it'll mm. be. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I've got a two-pronged one here for you: yes or no. Will South Melbourne make the finals? Yes or no. And will the Melbourne Knights make the final? Yes or no. You, we mentioned before how big they are uh, in terms of you know club yeah. status. Uh, will either of them make it? Yes or no. I mean, you've flagged the two mid-table underachievers that frustrate me in the seasons that I've watched. Um. If, in fact, South Melbourne have solved their problem putting the ball in the back of the net, then yes. You know, like mm-hmm. just signing new strikers doesn't mean that they're going to perform and gel and work and everything. But if they have solved that problem, then genuinely yes. So, yes, I think South will make the finals. Will Knights? I'm going to go with no because, again, it's just so competitive in finals. Like if if I think of it, there's like nine teams that are probably – good candidates for top top six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think Knights will make it. What yeah. about you? Uh, I agree. I agree. I think I think South, I don't know what it is. I just look at their team and I'm like, yeah, I think they've addressed some some of their biggest issues, as we said, which was just scoring goals. So um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion uh, that they will find themselves in the finals. It might only just be just, sorry, they might only just make it in there, but I think they will be. And the Knights, I think they still have have work to do. Uh, yes or no, will Dandenong Thunder finish above Dandenong City? Oh, you're a bastard. Just to clarify, will Thunder finish above City? Yes or no? Can I have a phone a friend and can that friend be Brandon Barnes and can I ask him if he's going to play? <laughs> um, that would be, be a good phone call to make. <laughs> Particularly on air because he'd be like, "Who the hell are you? Why are you calling?" Look, man, mate, we're, we're accredited these days. What do you mean you don't know who we are? <laughs> um, I'm I'm fearful for Dandy City this year, so I'm going to say yes. I think Dan or Thunder. Oh, I can't say it, but I've given my answer. Yeah, yep. What about you? I don't know. This this is probably I don't know. This is almost as tough as who's going to finish on top. I think. <sighs> I'm going to say no. I think City will finish above Thunder, but oh, it could be tight. It, it really could. Brandon Barnes is a big one. And then also if we could phone a friend in Big Sash and be like, hey, mate, have you got any mega A-League signings that you're just going to bust out mid-season for us? Oh, yeah. I wonder who Big Sash could bring. Oh, God, he's such a great football. I loved him when he was at Adelaide United. He is heaven. Mm. Um, yep. Brand, what's yep. the next one? 
Uh, last one, again, another two-pronged one to wrap things up. Eastern Lions, yes or no, will they be relegated? And St. Albans, yes or no, will they be relegated? Okay. I'm going to say Eastern Lions because you're right in saying that they kind of surprise got promoted. Mm-hmm. Having an extra year for to prepare for promotion, I think, could actually be a really good thing for them. So I'm going to say that they're going to stay up. Ooh. St. Albans. Oh, yeah. St. Albans will stay up as well, but I just think that just means that Daniel <laughs> City are going down. I really don't like that. Well, and, and potentially Danny Thunder, because two teams have to go down. So it'll be, I don't know, it'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting. Of those ones, I, I yep. Yeah, no, you go, Brad. I was going to say, I'm going to say Eastern Lions will, I'm going to say yes, they will go down. And I'm going to say no, St. Albans will not. St. Albans will stay up, I think. Maybe we've gone on the podcast and we've said it, but uh, we'll see how it goes, mate. All right, Bran, that takes us through the end of part two, but we're just going to blitz through part three because it's the preview section. We've gone through all of the clubs already. We now know what the fixtures are for match day one. Bran, I'll kick us off on Friday night. We have got Port Melbourne versus the Knights at Port Melbourne and then a dandy derby round one. (laughs) Dandenong Thunder host Dandenong City. That's your Friday night fixtures. Bran, what have we got on Saturday? On Saturday, we've got a double dose of uh, three o'clock kickoffs, which I love to see. We've got Eastern Lions taking on Benley Green's tough ask for the Lions straight off the bat. And then we've got a huge one in Avondale taking on the Oakley Cannons at Avenger Park. That's going to be massive. It's going to be uh, a great test for both teams uh, to start off the year to see where their squads are at and, uh, you know, it, it it sounds crazy to say that you've got a title decider in, in round one. But like, <laughs> but you it. Well, yeah, but like at the end of the year, you know, if one of these teams, you know, finishes one or two points ahead of the other, you really could look back in round one and go, geez, if one of the, those teams had an off day. Um, yeah, uh, another big game that's going to be fascinating, Hume City taking on Altona Magic on Saturday night. Hume City, we both think they're going to be at the top of the table. And Avon, uh, sorry, Altona, as we said, hugely fascinating. A number of big signings. It'll be interesting to see how they shape up. Yeah, big call. And then on Sunday, we've got two five o'clock kickoffs, which I normally hate in the A-League, but kind of love it in the NPL for some unknown reason. It's just um, easy to get home in the NPL, you know? It is. Yeah, it's great. Um, Heidelberg United will, at their newly renovated stadium, be hosting South Melbourne for a big old OG derby of powerhouse NPL clubs. <laughs> um, and then we've also got St. Albans Saints hosting Green Gully. Um, that's your first match day of NPL fixtures. Branson, what's your match of the week in that one? There's genuinely three that I'm looking at. Well, I'm well, give me your three, then I'll I'll go mine. Give me your three, mate. Well, that Heidelberg South Melbourne game will be an absolute ripper because again, if Heidelberg have lost, you know, a little bit of potency up front and then South Melbourne have gained potency up front, that's pretty good recipe for good football. Um that Hume Altona match, oh, you could throw a handkerchief over the nine million different ways that game could go, and by that I mean not a handkerchief. Um, <laughs> and then just uh, for what you said, Avondale versus Oakley. But I think at three o'clock on Saturday, I haven't checked the weather, but if it's one of those really nice sort of like twenty-four degree 
sunny days, that's the match of the round, three o'clock. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at the weather. I had a look before. Saturday, 24, mostly cloudy, but <gasps> that could be, that could indeed be very, very good. Uh, my pick for match of the week is absolutely all of them, mate. I think they're all going to be fantastic. Football is back. The NPL Victoria is back. Every one of those games is going to be interesting. Every one of them is going to be exciting. I can't wait to see what happens, mate. I'm just, I'm so excited. We saw, we've seen, sorry, in our time doing this podcast that anything can happen in this this league. Moments of brilliance, mate. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to every single one of the games. I cannot pick just one as my match of the week. They are nominated. The big call from Branson. Look, ladies and gentlemen, that is a bumper episode of the Semi-Pro Potty done. This was your NPL Men's Season Preview. I'm at Chambershire on Instagram. You're at Branson Gibson on, I think, all of them. Are you not, Branson? Yeah, um, but I don't use Insta very much. I'm on Twitter. Branson uh, spelled S-E-N as well. Cheers, mum and dad, for spelling that one. Yeah, good one. Um Look, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SemiProPotty. Let us know what games you're going to. We always like to find out what games you're going to be at. And as always, it is a pleasure to be back. But please, everyone, keep being semi-professional. And thanks for joining us for this episode of the SemiProPotty. Potty.